Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Welcome back to Foster Family Matters. Uh, Lori, Ryan, how are we doing today? Doing well. How are you, Sean? Fine. Thank you, Sean. I'm doing really well. <laughs> we got our cadence out just a bit there, but that's okay. I don't know if I was supposed to pause for you to answer or say hello first. Or so. be offended that I didn't ask how you were. No, I'm not offended. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> There's no offense here. Never in this room. There are fences. No walls. Just fences. <laughs> So today we're talking about trauma, and uh, I really think that today's episode is going to feel like, for many of you, as uh, a foundational episode. Um, we're going to, as, as this uh, podcast progresses, really dive into trauma in a lot of facets. There's, there's probably uh, going to be uh, multiple episodes that we do in the future uh, that, that will um, send people back to uh, this episode as kind of a foundational um, point of reference and context uh, for what we mean when we talk about trauma. Uh, do you guys have anything to add to that before I jump into a, a good old-fashioned definition? I don't think so. I don't either. And kind of buckle your seatbelt because Sean's right. This will be a foundation. And, and Ryan, Sean, and I have um, have high hopes to take this in a lot of different avenues to really help solidify what this means. What does this look like in the flesh in your homes? What does this mean for you as an adult or maybe even the professionals in your home? So this is kind of just a taste of all the different directions that, that we can actually take this and that we really plan and, and are excited to take it in the future or in future podcasts. So Merriam-Webster.com defines trauma as an injury, such as a wound, to living tissue caused by an extrinsic agent a disordered psychic or behavioral state resulting from severe mental or emotional stress or physical injury or an emotional upset. And so here's a fun fact. Did you know that the word trauma is actually a Greek word that means wound? You know, early Greeks used this word pretty much exclusively to describe physical wounds. So, you know, I suppose if you came back from battle, you would have experienced trauma, but it might be that your arm was lobbed off. Um, but but in modern in modern context, uh, you know, trauma has also come to be uh, used to define emotional wounds. And uh, so I thought I thought that was an interesting way maybe to start off this episode. Yeah. So um, the real the real problem with this topic is I think you could just hit record and we could sit here for the next 10 hours and then and then you could have to <laughs> you could have to edit that into 20 minute segments, Sean. So all of a sudden that seems very appealing to me, Laurie. Let's <laughs> do give it. Sean some more work. <laughs> Um, but, but I think one of the things that, that really, um, really helped me, um, with my kiddos was understanding the idea that trauma is personal, right? And so, you know, one of the, one of the ways that I, that I remember that is, um, my wife and I were, were puppy parents before we were actual parents Mm -hmm. and our our trajectory was, okay, after we got married, we got a house plant and if the house plant didn't die, we were going to get a pet. 
And if the pet lasted two years, we were going to become parents. I appreciate the progression. And we, we, not the other way. <laughs> um, you know, um, that was, we, we, we had that conversation. We did that. And I remember having a, was that a ficus tree that everybody used to have in their, in their living rooms? Succulents never die. The succulents never die. At, <laughs> oh, oh, challenge accepted. I'm, I'm almost certain I have murdered many a succulent. <laughs> succulents never die. Sounds like the name of a rock and roll album from a band from Denton. Hey guys, I, I'm pretty sure we can't, we can't say succulent never dies I, i'm pretty sure there's a trademark on that it's part of the james bond series <laughs> <laughs> anyhow center face um um the way the way that i remember that though is is we had these dogs before we had kids and uh, one of them died in the summer of 2016 and um and and, and some of our kids um it was it was just horribly distressing, right? They they wept. There was it was like biblical type mourning for some of our kids. Um, it was for me too. I just absolutely loved those two dogs. Um, but for some of our kids, they're like, "What's the big deal? The dog just died." And for either of those responses to be sit in judgment of the other response would be wrong because I don't get to say what impacts you and to what level it impacts you because. When we talk about you know sexual abuse, physical abuse, you see a kid whose arms have been broken. Um, we 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 can that's obvious, but there are other kinds of trauma that aren't as obvious. And for us to be dismissive of those things is a really, 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 really big disservice to the children. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and it takes when I think of trauma, I. I tend to take it personally, too, because it's such a subjective nature. There's such subjectivity to it and that you deal with it personally and it affects you personally. And how you deal with it is what's a part of your makeup. And so for me, losing my mom, um, it was in it was January, uh, February 20th, 2011, and it was unexpected. It was sudden and it was incredibly tragic and traumatic how it happened. Mm. Now I have two older sisters and the three of us were there in the room and, and we were walking her through it as only a couple of days from the moment she was in the hospital to the moment that she passed. And and looking an aerial view of how the three of us dealt with that and experienced that loss was starkly different. And here the three of us so closely knit and growing up, we would say that we're each other's best friends, very enmeshed, maybe a little too much. Stay tuned for that podcast. And yeah, Lori unpacks her history <laughs> coming to an episode near hour. you. <laughs> but for, for the three of us, we experienced it really differently and we mm. had different memories and different things were hardest um, for each of us in just a different way. And I think that's really poignant to look at the emotional aspect and the physical aspect of what comes with emotional trauma, because there are some physical repercussions and implications that come with it as well. And so I think I love how you said that it's personal. I think it's really important that we be mindful of that for every single person in our family, including ourselves as the parent, as the mom, as the dad, and then our kiddos, if we have bios in the home, and then if we have kiddos from the system in the home. I have a friend who who says uh, trauma has a face. That's how she remembers that it's personal. All traumatic experience is a face associated with it. And if you can look into that face, a lot of your resistance to being the kind of person that child needs drops immediately because it's not just a theoretical concept that happens to other people out there. It's, it's real and it's personal. So, so I, I love that you guys have started it out this way. And I have a question as, as I so frequently do when, when I hear you guys speak on. You're a seeker of understanding. I am. And, and, and clarification. Yeah. 
So um, I think what I hear maybe in interwined in what you're saying is that uh, trauma isn't necessarily something that other people get to define for you. Mm. Like your your trauma is your trauma, regardless of whether the world views it as trauma or not. And that's kind of to the point um, when we're parenting kids who have experienced trauma. Right. Is that I think frequently myself as a parent, I come to parent my own children and I bring my definitions to parenting mm-hmm. them and I have to take a step back and kind of, you know, pack those away for a moment and, and hear them tell me how, how their experience was trauma. Spot on, Sean. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I agree with that spot on. Absolutely. Um, because it does impact people differently. Um, you know, cause your previous experience influences how you, this experience reacts, right? And so sometimes something, you know, depending on how resilient a person is, it can make them stronger and the next experience is something they can deal with differently or it can really re-traumatize them on a different level and the next experience is something that impacts them far worse. You know, one of the things when we talk about trauma and, and understanding trauma um, is is in um, in adoption in foster care particularly the terms like abuse and neglect are real obvious to people as as terms of trauma and there are other risk uh, risk factors for trauma but I want to talk about ab- uh, neglect sorry just for a second if I could often we think of neglect as you know not often but we, we tend to think of neglect um, those stories where we find the kids in, in the dog kennels or locked in the closets where they aren't fed and things like that and so. Uh, neglect has almost become exclusively physical neglect in people's minds. Um, but, but Harvard, um, and we can put a link to this in, in the notes, uh, Harvard uh, did some research on neglect and there's a video called the science of neglect and what's it, what, it's such an epidemic in our culture now. And so, you know, for a child that was raised in a nurturing, loving home, um, this can still have impacts. But when you consider a child that comes from a traumatic history that has been removed from their, their, their birth family and placed into a foster home, um, something as simple as when their child wants to ask you something and you won't stop your scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or responding to a text or your email, something really innocuous, what that child may hear is I'm not as important as what's going on there. And so for kids with compromised belief systems already, understanding that you might not be as important has lifelong impacts, right? I was raised in a home where I really felt like I had to compete for my parents' attention constantly. As a result of that, I struggle in relationships as a 43-year-old adult because when somebody does something, I'll make it super personal. If my wife does something, I don't go, oh, she's just doing that. The voice in my head goes, Oh, she chose something else. She's doing it to you. Yes. And that is the, that's the real problem with trauma is it really influences that inner narrative if you don't deal with it. Yes. And two things that I want to mention. The first one, you, you kind of differentiated between um, ch- children that come from maybe a chaotic upbringing or have mm-hmm. been exposed to abuse and neglect for a while. And that, that while may be one month or it may be three years, but it develop, develops into what we know as complex mm. developmental traumas or complex trauma. And the other hand of that is um, just a simple trauma or a situational trauma. It's kind of a, it could be a one-time thing. Losing my mother, yes, it was incredibly traumatic, but we were so close growing up mm. that I, I didn't have a traumatic upbringing um, to the extent that there I would have experienced complex developmental issues because of that trauma. However, after losing her, 
several things shifted for me sensory wise. Um, physiologically, I used to be incredibly spontaneous. Now I need a little bit more predictability because I lost her so suddenly and it was so unexpected. Um, I used to uh, be able to walk into a room and crowds didn't bother me. Now I kind of tend to shy away from situations like that. Really oddly, I can't stand the sound of people chewing now. After my mom died, I can't stand that sound. So there is a sensory implication where my brain is now wired just a tad differently because of that loss. And that's what trauma does. And so if we look back and specifically in the kiddos that we serve, what I experienced for years, I prayed and I said, Lord, just please make beauty from ashes. And I will never forget the day just feeling overwhelmed with so much peace and solace. And I could I could feel him and hear him in my spirit, not audibly, but I heard what you experienced um, is just a glimpse of what the kiddos you love and you serve have gone through mm. every day. And so take that and use it and help to equip and help to empower. And so... Yes, I experienced that, but it also shed so much light, so much subjective light that I could really understand and know what it meant for our kiddos to experience what they've been through. And there's mine, there pales in comparison. You know, it just. Well, and so I think it's important, though, that it, as, as you say, it pales in comparison that uh, everybody's trauma almost kind of exists in a vacuum. Right. Right. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, one of the things that my mother ingrained in my mind uh, over and over and over as I grew up is don't compare yourself to others. So true. Right. And and I, I, I laughed at that because it seems like everything in our society is a competition. Um, but when it comes to uh, helping our children or even helping ourselves, our spouses, our friends uh, with, you know, the trauma that they've experienced in their life, I think it's important that we isolate it from from the context of other folks trauma because for that person it's it's the only trauma that that matters in that moment right absolutely and as you're saying that the thought of not comparing but differentiating between resolved and unresolved Mm. and i think that's the separation is that after my mom's death to get to this place of a lot of self-care a lot of extra help a lot of support and love and nurturing from those around me and doing things that i needed to get back to a level of functioning again um, and to give myself freedom and permission to to understand God's will and intent. I mean, all the things that you go through gets you hopefully to this place of being resolved from that trauma. And that's not so easy for some of us. Um, I was able, and it's an ongoing process. I will always work through that trauma as long as I'm being proactive and positive in the way that I'm doing it. And I think the difference is, is that our kiddos aren't in a place of resolve yet. And so much of our job is being a part of that process for them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm love that you introduced the word re- unresolved into this conversation. Um, because, you know, while there is complex trauma, trauma in itself is complex, right? Because even, even like, if you think of, you have a splinter in your finger, well, if you don't remove the splinter, it will fester around it. Right. Well, issues are like that too, right? So even something that's, that we would say is, mm, 
an adverse experience, something not quite that great, which, which, which we might agree that's not really – we would not classify that as traumatic. But if we leave those little things unresolved, like perhaps you grew up in a home where you, um, your parents favored one of your siblings over you. Sure. Or well, my that, parents divorced. Or you, you know, yeah. Um, I, I would say – I wouldn't have gotten divorced though because that's like a, a big traumatic event. I mean it's something as hmm. simple as the parent chooses the, the one child over the other more often than not. Um, if you leave that unresolved, this is the way that, that kind of makes sense to me. So there's one piece of pizza left. Pizza is delicious. Unless, of course, you're gluten and dairy free, then it's of the devil. But for people who can eat gluten and dairy, it's delicious. Okay. Um, I know that because half of my house is gluten and dairy free. And so if you have one piece of pizza, which you just enjoyed for dinner now, but you stick it uh, and shove it to the back of the fridge and you don't notice it, two weeks later, when you pull it out, it's going to be green and furry and make you sick if you eat it. Right. Right. That's the, that's the problem with leaving things unresolved is that over time, something that was probably may, maybe not that bad becomes a bigger and bigger issue because you left it unresolved. That's why, you know, the Bible talks about keeping your accounts short. And this, this part specifically for parents now, right? Do not create more traumatic experiences in your life or in your child's life because you'll just say, ah, we don't need to talk about that. I think it's healthy to, and I'd like to walk that back and I don't want you to edit that out. I know it is healthy mm. to talk about stuff. Um, and, you know, we can have a whole episode on, on you know, the, the positive impacts to your physical brain of actually talking about stuff. Right. But, but, yeah, I think that, you know, it's so complicated, the subject, because it is unresolved things that over time become big issues because, you know, one by itself is not a big number. But if you keep adding one to itself a thousand times, you end up with a pretty big number. Right, which is typically... More times they're not the our our kiddo story. Yeah, that it's just it it was one, and then one turned into two, and then two over time turned into twenty. Yeah, and so it's one thing to have a mother who's working late to put to put food on the table, which means that her hours are from five p.m. to four in the morning, and you don't get to see her. So now you're being raised by maybe extended family or caregivers or people that you may not know very well. Turns into. Um, potential drug abuse, alcohol abuse, whatnot, new strangers, sexual encounters, it can progress. And we've seen it in our kiddos. And so I think the hardest thing for some of our families is that we don't know the facts. And my encouragement, or maybe even my rebuttal to that is, you know enough, and that the trauma is there. Yeah, that's really, really, really good. You know, one thing that I like to tell parents is if you will help your children resolve their traumas, or, or at least you know, not maybe get to an ultimate place of resolution, but at least make that the trajectory of their lives. Uh, it's not just all of those physical things you talked about, the you know, sex, drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, mental health issues, but, but kids, our kids don't know how to um, connect in meaningful relationship with people, right? That's why being connected to healthy, competent, caring, available caregiver who doesn't give up on them is so, so crucial. And I, and I told a group of parents recently, look, as you keep working with your children to be the agent of healing in their lives and help them process their histories, you are literally divorce-proofing their marriages right now, you know, because... Potentially. Poten- well, yeah, potentially. But obviously, you know, you make... That's the hope. Camels through the eyes of needles statements in front of people, right? <laughs> um, that is the hope, though, because what I do know is, yeah, that's a grandiose statement, but what I do know that if we help our kids process their traumas, we uh, at least set them up to have success in relationship as opposed to, you know, I can't engage in a hard thing. So the first time my marriage hits, it's a road bump, 
you check out. Now, I don't know about you, but the person I least like in the world is the one who checks out. You know, and my wife used to check out and I used to engage. And the first five years of our marriage was, was, um, what's the word I'm looking for that's safe to say? Um, volatile, maybe? Tumultuous? Um, Caustic? I'm going to go wow. volatile mostly because I don't think I know what those two words are. That kind of amped it up a little bit. Uh, because, um, because we didn't understand ourselves. We didn't understand how to relate in relationship to each other. And so that's why it's not just, you know, when you're a parent and you're struggling, you just want the behaviors to change. But that's not the real, the real mission that you've been called to. The mission you've been called to is to set the child up uh, to change the trajectory of the tra- child's life and so that they could engage in all future relationships in meaningful ways. Because we can actually change the way people relate to one another if we'll help them heal. Absolutely. And talking about relating, this kind of goes in sync with that in terms of we do say abuse and neglect and these feel like really big things Mm. because they are very big evils. And they're especially evil when we see them happening to young defenseless children. Right. And I think that's what grates at us and really maybe sets our feet on the pavement of this ministry or this mission that we're doing. And with that, I I need us to simplify that the fact that a child is in your home is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, traumatic experiences and that he's Mm, or she's been separated from his or her primary caregiver. And going back to we're not going to know all the facts. We're not going to have all the paperwork, at least as much as we want. We're not going to have all the stories or all the, the details of their trauma. But I want you to say to yourself, I know this one fact, and this one fact is incredibly traumatic. I know that that Johnny is no longer with his mother, and that's all I need to know about that. So good. I think sometimes we discount that, right? Absolutely. Because we think, oh, we've changed their address, everything's fine. Well, and why did my mother's <laughs> why did my mother's death impact me the way that it did at the age of thirty one? It was because I was separated from my primary caregiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, that come down to the the root of it. That's all that that was. Yeah. In addition to all the other things, but and how it happened, but the core of it was that even at thirty one, I don't have my mom. Yeah. So the truth, I think, is that um, the there are, are n- nearly none of us. Uh, nearly is probably not a word, but. It is today. It is today. Um, I don't think there's any of us that work work or volunteer or participate in uh, the foster care environment that are not in some way impacted by trauma, Absolutely. Uh, whether directly or secondarily. Um, many of us who, who work in this field, uh, whether we admit it or not, enter the field because we're, we're seeking uh, to, to heal our own uh, traumas and, and wounds. And, and as we learn how to do that, we want to share that uh, ability with others. And, and God bless all the foster parents that, you know, are, are confronted and, and live in the trauma for, for periods of time with our kids as they're, mm. as they're working to resolve uh, the traumas that our, our children have experienced. I think, I think one of the main points that we want to try to get across in this episode is that, that trauma is, is real mm-hmm. um, and, and it's systemic. Uh, within the foster arena. Absolutely. So uh, that's that's one of the reasons that this episode is so important for us to get out, uh, to lay that foundation and kind of a general understanding of, of what trauma is. And, and, and we will branch out in, in a lot of different ways from this episode uh, as we move forward. Um, final thoughts. We've, we've got just a couple of minutes left uh, in this episode. Is there is there anything that you guys really wanted to say about trauma in particular before we close up? Well, I just wanted to reiterate that if, if a child comes to you and lets you know that something bothered them, hurt them, troubled them, whatever, don't, don't go 
Um, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, unless somebody's dying or bleeding, don't bother me. Um, I don't see a scratch. You're not scared. Go back to your room. Um, What's and, the big deal? Yeah, none of that. Right. Just just get get down on their level, look them in the eyes, and just say the these these wonderful words. How can I help you? Just 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 ask them how can I help you, and it'll change your relationship with your children. It'll let them know that you are interested in helping them, and it'll also remind you that you're there to help them. Or even a statement. It's not even a question. I'm here for you. That's right. So we'll uh, we'll wrap this one up. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Uh, don't forget to share it with all your family and friends, and and even those you don't like. Uh, we <laughs> we we would love to have them listen to us, and we'll set them straight for you. Maybe you'll start liking them over time. Good point. I like that. <laughs> you like the that? Plan. Use yeah. this as a weapon to change people. <laughs> we 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 are a double edged sword, my That's friends. That's right, we are. We cut both directions. So <laughs> with that, uh, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you later. Bye. Bye.